Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Life Happens Radio. This is your host, Lou Pirro. Great to be with you again here on a Saturday morning at 11 o'clock, where we are every Saturday on WGY. And life happens. Are you prepared? Life is happening or not in Washington right now. We have no budget. The government is shutting down certain functions. Certain things stay open. Certain things close. But our politicians, again, have put us in a position. And it's estimated that this shutdown will cost American taxpayers $6.5 billion per week. And that's money. That's real money. And that's money that could be better spent on modernizing our infrastructure, fixing our health care system, securing our border, or on hundreds of other projects that the government could do. And if you're mad, you should be, because this is just incompetence. If we could sue the federal government for negligence, we'd all be rich. And, uh, well, we'd have to pay for our own judgment, though, wouldn't we? Because they only have our money to, to work with, so we'd just be paying them. But um, I belong to a group, and we've talked about it here on the show a lot. It's called No Labels, and No Labels is a bipartisan group. And one, I'm just going to throw this out there for you folks. One of the basic premises for No Labels is a bill, piece of legislation that is no budget, no pay. And you realize the federal government works without a budget. They do these temporary appropriations bills. And if they can't get their act together and pass a comprehensive budget which lays out the future of our country, they don't get paid. What do you think? I think it's a great idea. And you can sign up and sign the petition. We're petitioning right now for a no-budget, no-pay legislation at nolabels.org. And it's just N-O-L-A-B-E-L-S dot O-R-G. Go to nolabels.org. Sign up for this organization. We've had former Congressman Chris Gibson on here. He was one of the No Labels leaders when he was in Washington. Somebody who really works for the public good. Unfortunately, he only had three terms and stuck to his word and, and didn't run for a fourth. But he's still active. Going to be at the Times Union Center coming up to talk about public policy. He's just written a book. And uh, we follow Chris and he's been a... Uh, we've been a fan of his for a very, very long time uh, as a politician, now as an author. So Chris Gibson is a no-label supporter. But go to nolabels.org. How can we be in a position where our country has no budget? We have no government spending bill right now. They can't get it together. And that's just lack of leadership. Whether you're Democrat, Republican, Independent, you have to be part of a system that functions, that works together, that gets to the bottom line, which is legislation that is for the public good. And that has been just lost, I think, in Washington, unfortunately. And there's a piece of this that we're going to talk about today that is kind of not just a looming crisis, but a current crisis. Because we're, you know, we're looking at all of these issues and we're looking at the budget, we're looking at money being spent on so many different things, and we just had a big tax cut. And the tax cut bill put potentially $1.4 trillion additional hole in our debt. So... The debt of the United States is approaching $20 trillion. They project that in 10 years, that'll be $33 trillion. And there are a lot of factors that go into the dangers there. One is the interest rate, which has been low recently over the last 10 years. We've had low interest rates. If the interest rates go up and the American taxpayer has to pay a higher interest rate on the national debt, then you're going to see that debt accelerate even faster. So incompetence in Washington. I'm mad. Go to nolabels.org, sign the petition. Today, we're going to look at the next great debate, the things that are going to have to be looked at because they form such a big part of the spending of our American government, and that is entitlements, Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. Those are the three programs, the safety net, the social safety net that's out there, Medicare being the healthcare program, doctors and hospitals kind of healthcare for people who turn 65, social security, that the program that we have paid into for our careers to get a retirement benefit on the other end, and Medicaid. And Medicaid, when it started, 
was a program that didn't in, wasn't intended for the middle class. It wasn't intended to pay for seniors' care at home or in a nursing home. But that's what has happened over time. And we're going to explore what has happened in that marketplace, why it's happened, and what you as an individual consumer should be doing right now today. What planning can you do immediately to protect yourself and to protect your life savings? Because like so many people, we are at risk if we don't have a plan in place. And I'm very lucky to have in studio with me today our associate Nicole Hurley, extraordinary associate here at Pierre O'Connor and Associates. She gets accolades. Our clients love her. Nicole, good morning. Good morning. And with that kind of an introduction. I know. It's a good start to the show. <laughs> so Nicole works in the long-term care area. And long-term care, when I mention that, most people, what's first thing comes into your mind? When I say long-term care, you say nursing home. Because that's what most people think about. But only a very, very small fraction of long-term care is provided in nursing homes. Most people receive long-term care in their own home. And that's something that we work with at our law firm at Pierre O'Connor & Associates. We work with people to keep them at home. We have social workers on staff who help formulate plans and we help pay for those plans because that's where you want to be. Most people, when we ask them and we sit down and ask this question, if you come to see us, we're going to ask you, if you're aging and you have a chronic illness, where do you want to live? Where would you like to be for your aging process? You want to live as healthy a lifestyle as possible. You want to be as active as possible. You want to be as independent as possible. All of those things take planning. So we work very hard with our clients and their families to keep people at home and make sure that they have a plan that can keep them in that setting that they want to be in, where they're comfortable, their own surroundings, families with them. That's the ideal situation. Then you look at other choices and you have to say, okay, I don't want to take care of my home anymore. And a lot of people with these winters and the snow, just don't want to shovel that driveway one more time. You don't want to be shuttered in in a cold winter. So you may want to go to an independent living facility, and there are some wonderful places and choices locally. And we've had a lot of them on here on the show to talk about the living environments and arrangements that can be had as we age. And that's a, that's a lifestyle choice. So maybe you want to look at that. But again, that takes a plan. How are you going to pay for it? How are you going to finance it over time? Is your income sufficient? Are your assets going to last for your lifetime? So plan for this, and so many people don't. They don't get it until it's too late, until they're in the soup, in the hospital with a discharge planner saying, you have 48 hours to leave this hospital. Where are you going to go? And families just panic because they don't have a plan in place. So we're going to talk today about planning and Nicole, we have been in our office talking about an article that appeared in the Wall Street Journal that we've all read. Um, and, and it covers a topic that we talk about on this show very, very frequently. Last week, Bob Vandy and I were on talking about insurance options. And we talked about this, actually, what's in the article. The title of the article in the Wall Street Journal, and this was from January 18th, in the 8th, January 18th Wall Street Journal, says millions bought insurance to cover retirement health costs. Now they face an awful choice. And the long-term care insurance market faces a number of challenges. We talk about them frequently here. We also know that the current policies being offered in long-term care insurance are designed to avoid all of the pitfalls described in the article. And those pitfalls are caused, and, and we talk about this by a number of factors. One is that people are just living longer and they're not lapsing their policies. The people that buy it, they, they expected that about 5% of all policy holders would let their contracts lapse, which means the insurance company's off the hook. The actual experience has been closer to 1%. So 99% of the people that buy a policy keep the policy. And so they have a lot more risk on the books. People are living longer. Medicine's keeping them alive. And so the actuarials that they wrote these policies on 30 years ago, don't apply anymore. So now you have people living through extended periods of chronic illness later in life. And the claims histories, they're paying out billions of dollars for long-term care under these policies. And the other piece is interest rates because the insurance industries are limited in terms of what they can invest in. So the rate of return on their investments over that time period, which is where they grow the pool of money that's available to pay claims, has been lower than anticipated. 
And so from an underwriting perspective, they underpriced the policies. And so there have been some premium increases over the last several years. And that's what the article really focuses on, that insurance market. Current policies, as Bob Vandy will tell you, we feel are priced properly. They have fixed the underwriting problems. Premiums are a little higher now than they used to be to cover that anticipated shortfall. But the other thing that we've seen, Nicole, is that companies don't offer the type of comprehensive coverage that you once were able to buy. Mm -hmm. Lifetime benefits is something that were in old policies, but no companies now have lifetime benefits. And most people that we see have a three-year policy. That's kind of the average benefit. So another article from the New York Times, and we've talked about this one on the show, One Woman's Slide from Middle Class to Medicaid. That was July 7th, New York Times. And in that article, it talks about a woman who had a three-year policy, but she developed Alzheimer's, lived through the three-year benefit. And then what? She had $600,000 of assets. Mm -hmm. Her son-in-law was a financial planner. Her daughter was a social worker. She had all the tools mm -hmm. and all the plans in place, except she didn't have a Medicaid plan in place. And so when she ran out of insurance money, her $600,000 went. And after she was penniless, she went on Medicaid. And Nicole, that Medicaid program is different than Medicare, isn't it? Yes, which is confusing to some people. A lot of clients walk in and think that their Medicare benefit that they're entitled to once they are over 65 will pay for their long-term care needs, either in a nursing home or at home. And that is not correct. No. So <clears throat> in order to get Medicaid, you have to meet certain financial criteria. And Nicole is going to tell you how you can plan in advance to meet those financial criteria. So when we're doing planning today, it's comprehensive planning. There is no one tool that fits everyone's needs. So we're looking at using your own money. What do you have? You have stocks, bonds, IRAs, 401ks, bank accounts, life insurance, annuities. How do you maximize the value of all of your own assets? But the cost of care today, Nicole, is $150,000 a year. Mm -hmm. How many of you have that kind of income to cover the needs for long-term care? So your own income and assets are the first line of defense, but in many cases, it's not enough. We build a plan from there by insuring as much of the risk as you can afford to insure. And those policies, again, today are better underwritten, better quality in terms of the, the pricing. And so there's a whole array now of life insurance. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Options with riders to pay long-term care, hybrid policies, they call them long-term care and life insurance combined, and traditional long-term care insurance. You want to build your plan with some insurance to cover some of that risk. And then the social insurance program, as Nicole just said, that covers this is not Medicare. It's Medicaid. And we're going to be right back after this break to tell you exactly what Medicaid is, why it's important in our planning combined with our own resources and, and insurance products and how Medicaid works for you. So stay tuned and I'll give you the number to call in in just a moment. 
You're listening to Life Happens Radio. Lou Piero, Nicole Hurley here, live in studio with you this morning. We'll be right back on Talk Radio WGY after this short break. First things first, I'm going to say all the words inside my head. I'm fired up and tired of the Song way about things have been. Growing old. Growing old isn't what it used to be. And my father used to say, son, it's hell getting old, but the alternatives ain't good. And he was right. And growing old is something that our society has to really think about. And we talked about the current situation in Washington where we have budget deficits. We just added $1.4 trillion with a tax cut to the debt over the next 10 years. And now they're going to be coming back and talking about entitlements. And Medicare and Social Security are two of those. Social Security you get when you retire sometime between age 62 and 70, typically. And you can delay it and get a little bit more money. A lot of planning going on with Social Security retirement benefits right now to maximize the value. But part of that bet is that you're going to live long enough that if you defer the income, you get a higher amount and you're going to make it up over your lifetime. And a lot of people are taking that bet because we have so many clients now that are in their 90s. We have clients in their hundreds. I think our oldest client is 105. <laughs> now she's 106 because that was last year. Okay. So we have a 106-year-old client and we're doing planning for that 106-year-old client. And uh, Nicole worked on that particular case. Yeah. That was an interesting one. It was. And uh, so when we're doing planning, I mentioned that Medicaid has become the program that people need to have as they're aging. But Nicole, Medicaid isn't like Medicare. It isn't just available when you turn 65, is it? No, it is not. So how do you get to Medicaid eligibility? You either need to be poor enough to qualify mm -hmm. or you need to look poor enough so to qualify. So tell me what that means. For me, as an if I'm an individual, single individual, mm -hmm. where do I need to get down to in terms of my net worth, my assets? So your assets need to be under fourteen thousand eight hundred and fifty. Fifteen one fifty. Fifteen one fifty went up. The new number. Sorry. Dun, da, da, da. Fifteen one fifty. Surprise for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so these numbers change every year, and we're in January, so it just just changed. Okay. And uh, so Nicole, I see you looking at something there in front of you. <laughs> what what is that 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 you're getting those numbers from? This is our New York State Medicaid guide. So since we are going to be talking about Medicaid um, and how to qualify for it today, we are offering a free guide, our free Medicaid guide to clients or people who call in and ask for it. So where can they call to get their free? Now, this is something we publish. We've been writing it for the last several years. It was just updated by our Medicaid associate, Frank Hemming, and uh, it has all of the 2018 eligibility numbers it for, has the right number in has the right number in there <laughs> 15150 and it also has some of the planning that nicole's going to explain to you right now so where can they call to get their free 2018 fully up-to-date medicaid guide from pierre o'connor and associates so they, they can either call uh 518-608-6998 or they can go on to our website at pierrolaw.com yes and you go to resources and you get the guide and you can put your order in right on our website or that number one more time, Nicole. It's 518-608-6998. All right. So for me to get Medicaid, I can only have about $15,000 to my name. And that sounds bad, but if you're in other states, most of them are $2,000. New York is the most generous in terms of what they allow you to keep, 15000 But what if I have other assets? What if I have stocks and bonds and a house and things... Do I get Medicaid? Um, not if you do nothing. Mm. You wouldn't qualify. So if if like the, the woman in the article, that July 7th New York Times article that I mentioned, who had $600,000, she was in a nursing home with Alzheimer's and blew through the $600,000, then went on Medicaid. Did she have options? She did. Okay. So let's, let's figure this out. If I have assets and I want to protect them, and remember, we're building a plan looking at you as an individual with your income, your assets, how you can maximize value, buying insurance products to cover care, and then looking at Medicaid as kind of the backstop because Medicaid does pay for all types of care, home care, 
and nursing home care. The one whole, I should say, is assisted living. But if I want to get down to that level, what's my plan? It would be a trust plan. Okay. So, so, so how does that work? So we call it a Medicaid Asset Protection Trust, and it is a trust that you set up um, and you put your assets into this trust, and then they become exempt five years later for a nursing home or immediately for home care. So they do not count as an asset when you are trying to determine if your assets are below the limit, um, and they cannot be they cannot make you use them to pay for your care either. All right. So it's a trust. Mm -hmm. So what is a trust? Let's start there. A trust is, I guess, a separate entity that is essentially a holding tank for your assets. Um, is the best way to describe it? I okay. Guess. So uh, you do these things. Yes. <laughs> so when you write them up, what, 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 what should I be thinking about? If I'm going to do a trust, what, okay. what kinds of decisions do I need to make to formulate my plan? Okay. So there are... I guess a few decisions that you have to make. Um, the first being, because we want to make it look like these assets are not yours and you don't have direct access to them, the first decision you need to make is your trustee or trustees. Um, so those are the people who are essentially in charge of your assets. And for this type of trust, that can't be you. Um, so you need what to- What about my spouse, my wife? Or your spouse. I okay. thought you were a single individual, though. Well, I was before, before, but I'm now married. I got married <laughs> okay. just a few minutes ago. So if so, my wife and I, we can't be our, be the trustees. Correct. So who would be? I have three kids. What about them? It could be one or two or three of your okay. children. So my children can yes. be in that spot. I like one of them best. I won't okay. say which one. But, <laughs> but I'm a trustee, and the other two could be in the wings alternates if, they, mm -hmm. if we need them. Yes. We recommend having a long list of backups because it's better that there is someone to step in if the person in front of them cannot serve. So, All right. So I have assets. You know, I have a house. I have some stocks and bonds. I have an annuity and I have a life insurance policy that has some cash value. Mm -hmm. What do I do with all of that stuff? I have an IRA too, by the way. Okay. So we would, during our meeting, determine what you want to protect and what you want to put in the trust. Well, so I want to protect everything. Well, we, we don't necessarily want you to put every bit of money that you have in the trust because we want you to be able to live as well. So we want to look at the things that you use on a daily basis versus the things that you are just letting grow, for example, or the things that you're not using on a daily basis. All right. So I can, I can create this trust. And what access do I have to the money? Because you know I get dividends and interest and things, and I, I use that on a day-to-day -day basis to live on. So with this trust, you have direct access to the income. So those interest and dividends can come directly into your bank account like they do now. Mm -hmm. um, that won't change at all. Uh, what does change a little bit is that you do not have direct access to the principal, so the bulk of the asset that goes into the trust. Okay, so I'm going to keep some things out of the trust, and that's going to be my day-to-day -day spending yes. money. What else would I keep out? The IRA. Why? Why don't I have to put that in? Um, so IRAs are exempt for Medicaid, just as they are. So we don't want to put them in the trust, and they can stay just in your own name, and Medicaid cannot touch the principal of the asset. Oh. Uh, so IRAs are kind of free out there, and, and you mm -hmm. protect them for Medicaid without changing ownership. Correct. Well, that's pretty good because I don't want to pay the income tax on it, right, so I, exactly. can, I can leave it hanging out there. Mm -hmm. But what about the income? And when I get a record, I'm not 70 and a half yet, but approaching it. Mm -hmm. What, not for a long time. <laughs> when I get my, my distributions, my required minimum distributions, what happens to those? So that is considered income to you. Mm -hmm. So if it is coming directly to you, that is available for Medicaid, both to pay or to pay for your care if you need it at that time. So I can keep all of these assets in this trust mm -hmm. and I can still get Medicaid. Yes. Wow. That's it's pretty, pretty sweet. good. I, I want to hear more about this, but we're going to take a short break in, in just a moment. So- when we come back after the break, Nicole's going to explain to me how I can protect my assets and still qualify for Medicaid. Now, I don't need Medicaid today, but this is a plan that we have to set up in advance. So we're going to walk all through that in the second half of the show and talk about how it interplays with that insurance policy that you can buy to protect yourself as well. You're listening to Life Happens Radio. Stay with us for the second half of the show. Glad you're with us today. We'll be right back after the news.
I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Welcome back. We're mad as hell, too. We're mad at the government. Who is it? Government shutdown. That was a clip from Newsroom. Great movie. And that's a great scene. If you haven't seen it, it's an old movie, but a really good one. Uh, and he's yelling out his window, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. And I want all of you to get up right now off your couch and get to the window or roll down the window in your car and yell, I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. Or log on to no labels, N-O-L-A-B-E-L-S dot O-R-G, nolabels.org and sign the petition. No budget, no pay. We want Congress responsible. We want them accountable and we can do it. No labels is a great organization. We've been part of it for several years now and in washington they have something called the problem solvers caucus which is a group of democrats and republicans 48 of them that sit down on a very regular basis and propose oh my goodness bipartisan legislation things that can actually help people so get out there get active regardless of your party no labels is just that not left not right forward that's their motto and it's a great organization Part of the fallout from all of this incompetence in Washington is that we have huge liabilities on the books. Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. In the future, as the baby boomers age out, and we've had David Walker, the former Controller General of the United States, who is very articulate. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply on this topic on this show twice and david is a great person he's running for governor of connecticut and david walker tells us that the unfunded mandates of medicare medicaid and social security total 75 trillion dollars so we have a real debt of 20 trillion and a paper debt obligations that the baby boomers are expecting to be paid over the next 30 40 50 years of $75 trillion. Well, what's caught up in that? Healthcare. Healthcare is the victim of this incompetence. And healthcare in America is 20% of our gross domestic product. It's a profit center for many corporations of all different types. And for patients, it tends to be a less than satisfying experience in some cases, not in all cases. Some cases are wonderful. My experience with my heart open heart surgery was phenomenal. But not everybody gets the same experience. And what happens is as you age, you tend to have more frequent hospitalizations. They tend to be based on chronic illnesses. And you tend not to get that same experience because they can't fix it. They can only try to treat it. So when you're dealing with chronic illness and you have expenses like home health aids, other medications, things that you need in the home like chairlifts, wheelchairs, ramps, all of those things are expensive. And a 24-7 home care case, if you're using a home health agency, what do you think it costs? $180,000 per year. You got it? You got that income coming in? You ready to write those checks? $15,000 a month? No. No. Nobody does. So we need a plan. And we also have an ability to answer your questions. So I haven't given out the phone number yet. 
we've been too busy talking. <laughs> so if you want to give us a call, you can call us right now live. Zach's waiting to take your call. It's 800-TALK-WGY. That's 800-825-5949. 800-825-5949. Love to take your calls. And Nicole, we were talking about Medicaid because Medicare, a lot of people think Medicare is the answer when you age. Well, when you turn 65, you get Medicare. Premiums for Medicare are going up. Part B premiums are going up. Co-payments and deductibles we can anticipate going up. And at some point, my projection is that they're going to means test Medicare. So the more money you have, the more income you have, the more you're going to have to pay toward your own health care coverage. And many people today are paying Medicare supplement policies on top of Medicare, which could be two to $300 per month over and above your Part B premium. So it isn't free by any means. Mm -hmm. But the biggest shortfall in Medicare, as covered in this article that we were just talking about, the, New York, the Wall Street Journal, January 18th article, talks about the fact that so many people are misinformed and disinformed and think that Medicare is going to cover all of their needs as they age, but it just doesn't. So one thing you have to factor into your planning is you need Medicare for hospitals and doctors, but it will not cover your long-term care, which leaves us with the only program that does, which is Medicaid. And Nicole, you told me I can only have about $15,000 in my name mm -hmm. other than my IRA, my IRA, which is exempt. So we're talking about how to plan in advance. And why do I need to plan in advance? Why can't I just do this when I need it? Because there are look-back um, provisions for Medicaid eligibility. So if you need a nursing home, uh, when you go to apply, they are going to ask for five years of your financial records. And if you, within those five years, transferred all of your assets into a trust, they're going to flag that and you'll be penalized for it. So we need to do this planning ahead of time so that it's outside of that five-year window. I don't want to go to a nursing home. Okay. Can Most I, people don't nowadays. Okay. And, and again, we have a program in our firm. We are huge advocates of mm -hmm. home care. We don't provide home health aides, but we help find them. We help pay for them. We help coordinate the care. We have social workers that we work with mm -hmm. on staff that help put plans together to help people. And from the legal financial perspective, we add the planning that Nicole's talking about right now. So we talked about a trust. Mm -hmm. And you, you said that you either have to be poor or look poor. Okay. So I would rather, I would much rather myself, just me. I think most people. I'd much rather look poor than actually be poor. So let's continue that conversation. And, and we talked about my home, my stocks and bonds, my annuity, my life insurance policies. I'm going to put all of those into the trust, keep a little bit out for my, my personal spending and mm -hmm. what my anticipated needs are. Mm -hmm. And you said I can actually get the income. So yes. my dividends and interest can keep coming to me and I use that to pay my bills. Mm -hmm. But what if I do need principal? What, what if I have a need to buy a new car right. and, and I don't want to use the money that I've kept out? Is there anybody that can access the principal to the trust? Yes. So I said earlier that you as the creator of the trust cannot access it directly. However, your lifetime beneficiaries can access the principal. So normally we would name your children or your descendants as those lifetime beneficiaries. So if you ever needed principal from the account, we would have the trustee, whoever you've decided to name, um, take out whatever amount of money you needed for that new car and either have the trustee purchase the new car for you or we would have the trustee give whatever amount of money was needed to one of the lifetime beneficiaries, to one of your children, one of your descendants. And then at that point, what they do with it is kind of up to that child or that descendant. And at that point, they could have it you be used to purchase a new car or whatever you needed. Okay. So I'm glad you said that they didn't have to do it, right? but they can do it. And I would expect them yes. to do it. What if they don't do it? What, what recourse do I have? So I have three kids, and mm -hmm. I love them all dearly, and I trust them all. Mm -hmm. I'm very lucky that way. I, I think my kids are great people. They're people right. now. They're not kids anymore. <laughs> so I think they're all three great people, and, and I trust them implicitly. So if I needed to get money out of my trust, the trustee could distribute out to the kids, mm -hmm. and they could pay for whatever my needs were. Correct. 
what if one of them marries somebody that's not so nice and gets brainwashed and influenced? And this is a parent's nightmare, mm-hmm. you know, the in-laws and the outlaws. What if one of my children kind of goes off the reservation and they happen to be the trustee? Right. Do I have any recourse? Yes. What can I do? So we have certain powers that we give the trust um, over the trust. And one of those powers is the ability to remove and replace trustees for whatever reason. So one day you could just decide that you didn't like the child and you could remove them as trustee that day or in your situation, um, remove them because they, quote unquote, went off the reservation. Okay. So I could take one child off, put the other child yes. on or anybody else on? Correct. Okay. that That's pretty good. So I have control. Yes. Over the trustee. Mm-hmm. But what about, what if they have, you know, financial problems? What what if they're getting divorced? Mm-hmm. And during my lifetime, and I'm leaving everything to that child outright, and I want to change that. Do I have any power to do that? Yes. The power that you have um, is the ability to remove and replace trustees and change the distribution of your um, plan throughout your lifetime. So one of the things that we're doing a lot now is further trust planning for um, the grantors or the creator's ultimate beneficiaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those plans is a trust created for the children that is actually creditor protected for the child throughout wow. their entire lifetime. So it's so, a secondary layer of planning as well. Okay. So let me get this straight. I have a trust and I, I set it up now because if I ever need Medicaid, I want to have that trust intact and in place for at least five years right. in case it's a nursing home because right. that does happen. What if I want to go in home care, just an aside? Mm-hmm. Do I have to wait five years? You do not. Currently, there is no look-back period for home care. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that. So you can do this trust today, whatever the date is today, January 20th. 20th. So you could do this trust today, put your assets in this week, and be eligible for Medicaid home care because you look poor mm-hmm. February 1st. Right. So you could get it done that quickly for Medicaid home care. There is no five-year wait. There's no look back. There's no penalty. If you want to access the Medicaid home care program in New York, it's very, very favorable, although they, it's the hurdles are building to get the actual benefit, but the eligibility is pretty clear, and you can be eligible February 1 if you do your planning starting today. And I think that's something that most people don't know yeah. or realize. I, I, it is. Well. I, I, I hear it all the time. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's one of the most misunderstood Medicaid program in New York, that there is no waiting period for home care mm-hmm. for Medicaid. So back to my trust. So I, I set up my trust. I keep the income. My kids could get the principal out. I can change the trustees. I can change the beneficiaries. And then now upon my death, my trust, let's say it, it goes to my three children outright. Mm-hmm. But as I said, my one child's getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. And I want to protect the assets. And my other two are married, and they may get a divorce too. And I want to protect it for them as well. How does that work? So upon your passing, your um, Medicaid trust would split three ways. And if you wanted to do further trust planning for your children, um, their one-third share would go into a separate creditor-protected trust for that child's benefit. Um, So these trusts are, you know, protected in case they were ever sued, if they went through a divorce, if they went bankrupt, um, if they in the future needed a long-term care, um, had a long-term care need um, as well. And then these trusts last for the child's entire lifetime. Um, I think a lot of prior planning, they'd have it pay out a certain age. These don't do that. Um, The trust continues. Um, The child is allowed to be their own trustee, um, which means that the child has access to the funds that are in it. So you aren't locking them up in this trust fund that they can't use for whatever need that they have. Hmm. So you really are safeguarding the money, not just for me mm-hmm. at my generational level, but this is an estate plan that also then safeguards the money for my children's generational level. Yes. And then where does it go after that? It usually goes on to the child's children, so your grandchildren. So it's actually safeguarding for a few generations down the line. Mm. And, you know, it. I worked so hard for this money. Mm-hmm. You know how hard I worked. I do. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I don't want it to be squandered. I don't, I don't want it to go 
you know, 50% in a divorce proceeding mm-hmm. someday if, if one of my kids gets divorced or, you know, God forbid they get in an accident and they get sued or they have a business problem, they go bankrupt. Does it work in all of those kinds of situations as well? Yes, it does. It creates almost a nest egg or a safe, you know, spot for the children to have this set of money set aside that they will know is there in a crisis. And yes. so I, and, and I trust my kids, as I said before, and they can have all of that and still be their own trustee? Yes. Why is that? I can't do that. You told you me cannot. I can't be my own trustee. Mm-hmm. Why can they? Right. It's why it's important for, it's why planning for the next generation is so important because someone else can do so much more for someone else than they can do for themselves. So because it's not your children's assets that are going into the trust and instead it's yours, um, they have a lot more flexibility both in their ability to be trustee and with access to the funds. Okay. Now, we've, we've talked about that trust, and, and it sounds pretty flexible. Mm-hmm. What if someday, you know, the, the world changes and we have universal long-term care? So not that it's mm-hmm. ever going to happen in our <laughs> lifetimes. Right. But let, let's say that that were to happen or, you know, I just got tired of the trust and didn't want it anymore. Right. This is, it's called an irrevocable trust. Yes. But is there any way that I can get out of it? Yes. So... The word irrevocable, I think, is very frightening to people because they think that they're locked into it. And they're really not. Um, the grantors or the creators themselves cannot be the only people to revoke it. But the grantors, with the consent of both the grantors or the creators and the beneficiaries, the trust can actually go away. Huh. So if I have my three kids mm-hmm. on the trust and they say, OK, Dad, we know you want your money back. We're going to break the trust they just have to sign off on it? Yes. And it comes back to me? Yes. That sounds pretty easy. It is, actually. Yeah. Well, what what if, as I said before, what if one of my kids goes off the reservation? Mm-hmm. Do I have any recourse there? If, if two will sign, one won't, what do I do? Remember, you always have the right to remove and replace beneficiaries. Ah. So you just remove the one that won't consent and then have the two that will sign off on it. And so, then either add the child back later or... Don't. Looking poor is not as painful as it might otherwise be. It is not. That sounds, that sounds like there's some flexibility in that trust. Mm-hmm. You have a lot more flexibility than people normally think. Mm. I think that's a good time to take a breath and a break. Mm-hmm. And we'll be right back. If you do want to call us, we have a few minutes left. You can call us at 800-TALK-WGY. That's 800-825-5949. Again, 800-825-5949. Nicole Hurley, Lou Pirro, live in studio. We're going to be right back. You're listening to Life Happens Radio every Saturday morning at 11 o'clock here on Talk Radio WGY, 810 AM, 1031 FM. We will be right back. Welcome back. Piero, Nicole Hurley from Piero Connor and Associates here live with you. And Nicole, we talked about the guide that we have for Medicaid. It, these rules, folks, are complex. Nicole just did a masterful job breaking down what we refer to as a Medicaid Asset Protection Trust. But the rules are terribly technical, and there are exception upon exception to the rules. We've broken it down for you in a free New York State Medicaid guide updated through 2018 with all of the fresh numbers for this year. And Nicole, how can people get that free Medicaid guide? They can get it two ways. They can either call um, at 518-608-6998, or they can go to our website at www.pierolaw.com. Pierolaw.com. And uh, that number one more time? 518-608-6998. Thank you, Nicole. We have a caller, Paul, on the line. Good morning, Paul. Yes, uh, hi. Um, this is Len, and we just want to ask a question about the 403B. Yeah. And um, can you help me? How to protect the income uh, stream in okay. the 403B? So protect it for Medicaid purposes or? Yes, for Medicaid purposes. Okay. How do you protect the 403B income stream? All right. So 403B is just like a 401k or an IRA 
Usually it's a teacher that has a 403B plan. They're set up um, in the law for that. And it's a retirement account. So as we said earlier, for Medicaid purposes, the actual account itself is protected. Is this a single or a married individual? Uh, it will be married. Married individual? So the married rules are a little bit more complex because one spouse gets an income allowance of their own, and that can be around $3,000 per month. So you may, depending upon the spouse's income and the other combined incomes, you may be able to shelter some or all of it that way. But if it's the individual's income and the spouse has income of his or her own, is this a home care case or a nursing home case? Uh, well, we just, um, we don't know that yet. Mm -hmm. um, we're just trying to plan and we were concerned, you know, thinking about what will, how we protect that sure. dream. So if it's, if it's a nursing home, it's harder because the nursing home rules are stricter. The home care rules are pretty flexible. And, and that's, again, what we were saying earlier. Most people don't understand the Medicaid rules and how different they are between nursing home and home care. But if you're at home, there is an income allowance. So there's a certain amount of income that you're allowed to keep. And the new monthly amount that's in our Medicaid guide is $862 per month for an individual. But again, the spouse has her own allowance, his or her own allowance, of about 3000 a month. The tool that we use, if it's community-based Medicaid, and this is a tool that is out there that, that you can utilize in New York, and again, we're talking New York rules, is called a pooled trust. So if a Medicaid recipient has income over the allowable limit, it can be put into this pooled trust each month, and the pool trust shelters the income, and the money then can be used to pay that individual's bills each month. So if you're getting a minimum distribution, which you do when you're 70 and a half in a 403B, just like an IRA, if you're getting a minimum distribution and there's more income than these limits allow, that income for home care can be diverted into the pool trust, and the pool trust simply turns around and pays bills with it. So in a home care case, we can protect all the assets and we can protect all the income using the Medicaid trust Nicole described and this pool trust for income. And for home care, that works very, very nicely. So Medicaid is available in New York for people keeping the income useful to stay at home and having the assets sheltered in the Medicaid Asset Protection Trust. Nursing home, they only allow a nursing home resident $50 per month of income. But again, the spouse has an increased income allowance, and that could come from the the institutionalized spouse's income to get up to the $3,000 per month. Okay. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Um, and again, those, those rules are laid out in the Medicaid guide. So, Nicole, what's that number that they could call to get the Medicaid guide again? It's 518-608-6998. Okay. Right. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for your call. Okay. Bye-bye. And Nicole, this gets terribly complicated. It does. And the, and the rules are very complex. So what, what would be the best way for people to get started with a plan? Uh, step number one would be to call our office mm -hmm. um, and make a consultation appointment where we can go through what is best for your current situation. Right, so I'm going to come in for a consult. How much is that going to cost me? I mean, I expect to pay something. What, what's it going to cost? Um it's a free consultation. What? So yeah, I know it's absurd. It's ridiculous. They, they're giving Surprise. that stuff away. They are. So, <laughs> so what would I do in advance to to prepare for my consult? So we will send you um, prior to your consultation a packet, and in the packet will be these guides, like the Medicaid guide that we talked about, and there is also a questionnaire in there. So prior to coming in, we it is very very helpful if you fill out the questionnaire, mm -hmm. which includes you know family information, and then it also has spots for income and assets, which is incredibly helpful for us when we're trying to formulate your plan. Yeah. So for for long term care, is it really a specialized questionnaire? Yes. And any place else I can find that if I just want to take a look at it? 
Is it on our website? Uh, www.pierrelaw.com. Mm -hmm. so it's on our website. Yep. Go to the resources tab and you can find the guide and the questionnaire on our website. And it's a great, great resource, hopefully, for you to utilize. So as we're winding down, Nicole, I just want to shift gears a little bit because we talk about estate planning. And really, this is modern day estate planning is, is looking at the risks that we face and one of the primary risks that the government is never going to solve and that the long-term care insurance industry is trying to solve, but can't do it on their own. So so we're talking really about a public-private plan, bringing insurance policies in and having Medicaid and having those two things, both things working for us together. But I also hear this talk about probate. Mm -hmm. And I hear it's a bad thing mm -hmm. and that I might want to avoid it. Does the plan you described avoid probate? It does. So trusts in and of themselves do not have to go through the probate process. So because you're putting your assets into this trust, um, you are able to avoid the dreaded probate. So I get a double benefit. You do. And, and probate, I, I have a will mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. I don't have a trust yet, but I have a will. And you know, a lot of people think their wills don't have to go through probate. I have a will that's going to take care of everything when I die. Is that true? That is not true. Uh, wills do have to go through the probate process, hmm. no matter what. So even if, even though I have everything clearly spelled out mm -hmm. and I, I point my executor in the will, can't the executor just take the will to the bank and clear my bank accounts and get access to the brokerage account and do all that stuff? Nope, they cannot. They first have to be appointed as executor through the court system. So, And, and what does that involve? Petitions and um, most likely hiring an attorney to help you do it. Um, and just court involvement in general. Mm, and that lasts a little bit of time too, yes. doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Much yeah. longer than the administration with the trust. Yeah. So trusts are, are a good bet when mm -hmm. you're doing your estate plan. And if you're concerned about long-term care and you don't want to be poor, then there is this way that you can actually look poor, but it has a great deal of flexibility, as Nicole just described. And so we do a lot of the Medicaid asset protection trusts for our clients we also do revocable trusts, which we you do. do as well, mm -hmm. if you're fully insured. And, oh, my goodness, time is up. <laughs> How that hour has sped by. Thank you for joining us this morning on Life Happens Radio. Each and every Saturday morning at 11 o'clock, we're here on WGY. Thank you, Nicole, Thank you. for teaching me about my trust plan and how to look poor. We'll be back next week, and we hope you can join us again here on Life Happens Radio. And, again, check out our website, pierrolaw.com or lifehappensradio.com. Net. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.